Yeah. That song was not used on the first episode. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Actually, no, it was, uh, it was for the uh, outro credits, so it's okay. This it is this is uh, Ben Ruins the Intro on <laughs> <laughs> Living in the Past. We're a 90s podcast that uh, goes through uh, every month of the 90s. We're in the 1996 season. This is April. Um, that was Forensic Files, a cornerstone of 90s TV and... Something that would, I don't know, for, for some sick reason, is something that I'll just put on in the background sometimes because who doesn't like listening to murder for 20 minutes? It's pretty good. And for some even more disturbing reason, the show didn't go by seasons or series. It went by collections. Yeah. <laughs> of, yeah, those yeah huge, collections. Yes, uh, they've done so many episodes and it's like, um, I've used some of them for um, stuff that's on this show, but it's like, they, they, did, they, they, they spread it right across... The guy um, who... Oh, we'll get into this in another TV. What am I doing right now? What am I doing? Yeah. Um, I don't know. So this is um, Living in the Past. Uh, we talk about the 90s, but before we get into the 90s, uh, we talk about stuff that we've been doing um, in this time, in this dreary time that's not the 90s. <laughs> and uh, it's called Living in the Now, so let's do Living in the Now. All right, so uh, we're back to the um, horror, um, <laughs> the horror, horror movie cinema for Ben. Um, I didn't go to this one, but is it horror? Yeah, well, you went and saw Reanimator. Um, I didn't go to this one, but you said that it was it was better than Suspiria, which for you Absolutely would be not that hard to do. Um, I wonder. Uh, I. I I, Rihanna is one of those ones that um, people always said, like, you know, you, you got to watch. Um, and when I finally did see it, I'm like, yeah, it's, I can see, like, yeah, it's it's not my type of deal, but I can see why people like it. I don't know. I I don't know what about it that you have to watch. It's the comedy thing. Like, I think it's like, yeah, it's kind of like those Peter Jackson films, like that Bad Taste one, and also, um, I don't know, even Evil Dead to a point, I suppose. It's that sort of schlocky sort of... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it wasn't bad. Um, I had no real complaints about it. I didn't come out and go, oh, that was the worst. Why did we go and do that? Like I often do when we do anything. <laughs> um, but I will... I, I do have to say something about the experience. Okay, awesome. Uh, so, George Costanza was in attendance. And... <laughs> that's gonna so, hurt. That's gonna hurt. <laughs> <laughs> if only... So we, so in Adelaide, they do this thing every year uh, where they show The Room, the ter- terrible uh, yes. Tommy Wiseau film. Yeah. And there's gags people laugh along with. They yell things out like it's it's a fun, it's a pantomime. Yeah. It's a it's a bon- it's, it's part of the show of the audience getting involved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bonfire Horror Club, which happens the last Friday of every month, um, at Palace Nova Cinemas in Adelaide. Shout out. Uh, isn't quite the same experience. No. 
But you feel like if someone was to yell things out, most people have already seen the film. We're not here to like see an <laughs> in-depth ruining experience. my first reanimator. <laughs> so old Georgia boy down in the very front, who was sat right next to one of our friends, Ooh. Um, and they had to like slink down in their seat and be like, "Stop!" <laughs> <laughs> so at the very start, they they yelled it out in time to the the opening music something about you stole the theme from Psycho. Okay. <laughs> and there was a bit of a gig. I was like, oh, yeah, it kind of is. Good one. And then they yelled something out at another point. Okay. There were four separate occasions throughout the film where this person yelled out, when I say pedo, you say file. Pedo. <laughs> and the first time, no one said it. <laughs> the second time, some people said it. Uh, and that maybe it was only three times I did it. Uh, on the well, the third or fourth time, majority of the audience groaned. Why is he saying that? Very outwardly groaned because the the bad guy in the film, he's very creepy towards the young girl. Right. And then at the end, it's like he, her boyfriend finds this folder he has with all these new clippings of her and like her hair, and he's like, oh, I okay. loved you. And then he ties her to a table, and his body holds his head against her, and licks her up and down oh and that's gross. yeah yeah it is gross that um, is, yeah i was gonna ask about at that one scene. point someone yells out actually she's of legal age <laughs> <laughs> gross but a fair point um if i yeah, might but... if, if i may interject um legally speaking <laughs> she is 18 and can make her own decisions uh although she wasn't making her own decisions she was tied to a table she anyway was. yeah um yeah the entire audience groaned and someone behind us just very angry, was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> now I kind of wish I was there because, you know, I, you know me and cinema etiquette. Oh, I do. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm actually surprised that, like, they let him get away. Did he do anything else or is it he did, after the third time he did that, he just shut, shut up? I think they tried... I feel like they may have tried one more time after that. Nice. I think they definitely tried another line, another gag after that. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna. What have you been doing? Well, <laughs> not much. Uh, oh, I watched. Onto um... the episode. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm looking like from since the uh, the Dial of Destiny, which is like the last time that we sort of hung out. I watched that Michael J. Fox docu, um still on Apple. Oh yeah. Um, that was that was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was that was fun. Um, no, it was, it was actually really good. Um, I uh, had a bit of a cry, and but it's not he he, he wouldn't like that, so I stopped. Um, yeah, he's it's it's uh, it's very sort of like you do what you want. Yeah, it's scratch. Yeah, <laughs> Michael J. Fox can't tell me what to do. Um, yeah, but uh, no, it's it's a really well made. Um, it, it kind of it goes through his career, and then like from the like you know how we talked about Doc Hollywood. It was the first yes. time that he got the the tremor, um, but they 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 do like uh, flashbacks with like an actor. You can't see his face, but it's like it's it's supposed to be him. And it's it's done really well. Um, there's also a new doco on Shutter called Shark Exploitation, which is um, all about shark movies, like from sort of Jaws onwards. And it's like I've been waiting for it for a while because. Like I like any sort of animal attack movies, and it does go into a few other ones too. So yeah, it's that's now. It's on. not actually about how sharks are being exploited. It is as well too. Okay. 
Um, because there's a, there's a couple of um, uh, movies where they actually killed sharks for the movie. There's one where a stuntman died and they left it in the film. Like they left the shark attack in the film. That's no someone way. actually dying on camera. It's a movie called uh, Shark with an exclamation point from 1969. It's got Burt Reynolds in it. Oh, no, that makes sense. Um, oh, yeah. 69 and Burt Reynolds in it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but apart from that, I haven't really been... Um, it's mostly just been stuff for the, for the pod because... Uh yeah, these That's our lives. These um these movies not to not to not to sort of bury the lead. These movies are hard to get through. <laughs> not gonna lie. Um I we'll disagree. Uh so we will get to that. We're let, looking forward to it. Let us get into the events of April So I usually do my my little like I, I we got bogged down with forensic files at the start there. I usually do my little sort of spiel of what's coming up in the episode, but um you know when there's forensic files around that music, whew, let's forget what I'm doing. Oh yeah. Um. So if anyone from Australia and probably around the world, but mostly in Australia, um has any sort of like uh pedestrian knowledge of the '90s, there's like one major event um in Australia that uh really sort of defines and changes things and uh really sort of shocked the nation which more than more so than m- many other things and that is the port Arthur massacre now like as with other times on the show when we deal with stuff like this i don't think that i can uh adequately uh sum up and also um commiserate and 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 sort of give the the due attention to this in like a <laughs> In the in the time we've got for the for in the events sort yeah. of thing, you you could you quite you quite definitely could you are more than capable um, of doing such a thing, but it's it's not the space for it. People don't yeah, come and the, also we're we, we're not a true crime podcast, and there's, there's lots of us. And so I I would like I did I think with with um uh situation in Somalia, the situation in um like with the LA riots and stuff like that. We I've got a couple of things you can check out. Case file is probably the best one that I found. Um, they did one from as an episode back from 2017. Um, and if you ever want any true crime, um, it's Australian. It's very, very well written and factually checked and lots of stuff. So um, I think we know some of the writers for that show. And yeah, so I can say that that one, um, out, without a doubt, there's a few other, like there's a couple of um, Crime Investigation Australia um, did an episode on it. It was very. They did a reenactment, which was very hard to watch. Um, I've never watched uh. Nitram, which is the um, movie that was made about um, the the killer uh, and was the victims of the of the massacre were quite against it, sort of thing. So I, I don't think I'll ever yeah. watch that because I don't I don't really want to do that. Um, I will I will say one thing about it before we leave it as well. Um, yeah. We know someone from Tasmania, right? Uh, and I was was with that gentleman a couple of weeks ago. I don't think he listens to this. Hopefully, he doesn't. Sorry. Um, and he would have been, uh, what was he thirteen? Maybe when this happened, and yeah. he said he lived maybe an hour or two away from it. Yeah. Um, but just the whole feeling in the area at the time, and even just talking about it, this many years on. I could still see, like, in his face and his demeanor, his voice, like it was still, like, it's yeah, it's not something that just leaves you. 
and he wasn't even close as far as I know was not closely connected to the incident or anyone there yeah but it's it was just such a horrible enormous thing for such a tiny seemingly innocent place even though it was not but still we I mean I remember when we went there um we were actually we honeymooned in Tasmania and we went to the your um, wife not Paul and I no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no not yet um how ironic <laughs> uh so we um we went to the to the scene and like it's it is there is look i'm not like you know i'm not one to say to believe in like a you're a shaniac we know it yeah yeah like i but like there is a immense feeling of sadness in that place that you could not and it's like it's just it really does like they haven't really sort of done much to it from when, when i was there it was just overgrown and um where like where the most most of the um the the events took place and it, it is, there is like a palpable sadness there and um i remember someone telling me once that like there were, there was a, there's a couple of um stupid urban legends and like conspiracy theories that go on about this um incident too um and he was going to go down there and and debunk it and i said yeah why don't you go talk to any tasmanian about that and just see how far <laughs> you go because yeah. like just leave it alone it's it's not something so um the thing that sort of came from that is that uh obviously the gun reform um like we'll get into that next month too because um you know not that i respect the guy at all but john howard put a rush on gun reform um very quickly and like this is something that you have to you do have to sort of take your hat off to and like he did go into like cities and 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 communities where he stood in front of people who could probably have had guns and said look we're taking we're we're taking him away we're going to put we're putting and like and you know it's one of those things like they they asked people to hand him in and people did and it's like why don't you just try it america (laughs) just try it you never know how many people didn't i mean obviously majority did and that's great but how many people didn't and just kept them like no i don't have a gun what are you talking about yeah but then also like i think you know we haven't had anything anywhere close to that since and it's like you, you have to sort of think yeah. that like those reforms do work so so yeah um find um there's a couple i think um crimes that shook australia is like, there's one you can watch on youtube as well um but yeah if you want to look into it there's like a lot of resources around but um i'm not saying his name and um yeah um we're gonna move on to uh let's <laughs> i've got three stories here uh i'm trying to work out <laughs> Uh, well, one I'm going to leave to you because it was sport. Because I was going to take your sports away from you. I can't. I can't do that to you. MC Hammer. Um, we did. A, I did a little um, piece about him in our very first season. Um, went through his life and all that stuff. Uh, this is. Um, I just need to sort of. At this point, is when he went completely bankrupt. And he. He's, it's said that he went from. No, he had about 70, in his in his prime. So like ninety one, ninety two. He had about seventy million dollars. Right. Ooh. He then was minus thirteen million. By the time they had to um, through, uh, um, sign up for bankruptcy, um, here's some of the stuff that he spent how? his money on. I'll tell you how. Uh, he had about 200 people on payroll that cost $500,000 a month. Um, so no he did. Way. He, he did. He did pay people. He got. A, he got a, the mansion. There's, a, there's like. What were they doing? How do you employ 200 people without as an many, actual business? As basically everything that you can even think of. Like he did nothing for himself, and he just got everyone else to do it. And like, but the thing is, like, he actually legit wanted <laughs> legit. Um, he actually he wanted <laughs> them to be paid um, correctly. So like, I mean, he could have just like had a bunch of people and like paid them shit, but he actually paid them properly. Um, he had the mansion, which the um, Simpsons had a, had a bit of a dig at him 
um, in their behind the music parody. Like they got um, Bart got his old mansion or something like that. Um, it had a recording. That was studio. in a later episode, right? I don't remember that. I think it's in like season nine or ten. Um, okay. Recording studio, seventeen cars, garage, uh, garage, thirty-three seats, uh, thirty-three seat theater, a baseball diamond, and multiple tennis nice. courts. Um, and then the, the furnishings as well. He had thoroughbreds like um, horses, a Lamborghini, a private jet, two private helicopters, and a stretch limo. <laughs> and then it- after after all that. He had a lawsuit that to pay off because um, the bass riff in You Can't Touch This is kind of a rip on Super Freak by Rick James and they took him to court. Oh. <laughs> so after all that, it's, yeah, he's, he had nothing left. Like it, he got literally, and, and like the thing is like, that's his, like, like that's kind of his legacy now is like, he, he was the guy that like went bankrupt. Like he had, he had that song. But a lot of people, more people will think about the um like the public humiliation and all sort of stuff, and it's just like, you know, let's think about the good stuff too. Like he he was, yeah, he has he has some good points as well. But yeah, he he did not handle his money very well. I think like he also he, had that he had that song. What was that song called? Uh, you can't touch this. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called now. But well, yeah, Adam, he had a song. The Adams Family. Rap. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's something. Um. And uh, yeah, so um, and I think he was like the the new punchline for like if any celebrity was like in money trouble problems, it's like oh you go on to like MC Hammer types of things. So so yeah, um, minus not much. Thirteen million though. Yeah. How do you get to minus one million and then it <laughs> continues on? Because a million is a lot of dollars. Well, considering that he well, but like when you think about it, it's what um, if he's pay- if he's paying five hundred thousand dollars a month. All you have to do is not pay people for what two years, and that's like or a month, and be like, ah, oh, shit, maybe I should fire some people. <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, that's that is my event. So uh, not my, not much today, and like obviously we we could have gone more into um Port Arthur, but um yeah, go find go find someone. <laughs> no, um yeah, but go find a better qualified person to talk about that. Um, then it is not me. But let's go on to sports. I'm going to start with the, the sad news. The story that because, I tried to steal from you? Well, the story that I should have let you have because it's I, I, don't, I don't want any downers in my segment. But, um, do, you me, do you want me to cover this? Can I be an exclusive um, cut to Paul in the field in your sports section? No. Oh. <laughs> On April no, 1st, 1996. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can have it. You can have the, the sad section. Okay, so the Cincinnati Reds were playing the Montreal Expos on, the, on opening day. And uh, there was a... Uh, umpire there john mcsherry and he'd been he'd been an umpire for like a, a long time um he was like all throughout the 80s um he was quite well liked but i think was quite also a bit of a bit of a hothead and also he he tried to lose a lot of weight but he he had a bit of a reputation of um when the season was on he was he was a, he was a big dude um he uh a lot of people were like i'll, I'll get to that in the, in the next section um so he was uh he was he was on the he was the second base umpire, and he um, basically just called a timeout and said he had to go over to the dugouts because he wasn't feeling well. He then um, fell face first down and literally died. 
on the on the field and uh uh they took him away and then i think another umpire went with him so they had to decide whether to like keep going or not um the team said nah well I, apparently one of the um the catcher was quite shaken up and said like i i, I don't think we should do it so both teams decided to play the finish the game the next day um do you remember marge slot marge shot i do yes i was hoping you would mention yeah, so she is the Cincinnati Reds' owner. Um, you might remember her from a couple of years ago where she was, made a lot of references to African-American players and I think Hitler, I think she um, yep. had, had, had a bit of love for. So she, she quoted, this is, a, this is a quote that she said after the umpire died um, on the field. Snow this morning and now this. I don't believe it. I feel cheated. This isn't supposed to happen to us. Not in Cincinnati. This is our history, our tradition, our team. Nobody feels worse than me. And for some reason, the public didn't like that. <laughs> um, the other people thought that she was talking about the supporters uh, who would have to like pay or not be able to see the game finish the next day. But everyone's like, mm, it's Marge Shot. Have you heard what she says about Hitler? And then mm-hmm. um, the other thing too is that she sent flowers to the umpire's dressing room. But apparently, those flowers had been given to her opening day by someone else and she grabbed a note and write, <laughs> quickly wrote us. <laughs> Um, a, a message on it and then send them down. Didn't even go out and get new flowers. They can just have these flowers. <laughs> Which I feel like would have been her assistant or receptionist or mm. someone else did on her behalf. Mm. When someone suggested, should we send flowers or something? She's like, no, don't bother. These are my flowers. And someone just snuck them away. I was like, I think this is the least we should do. <laughs> In Margaret Schott's world, that is like close to the least that you can do. That's probably the most that she yeah. thought she could should do. Back to you in the studio. <laughs> what what field were you out in? Uh, um, the, with the angels. <laughs> in the outfield. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm in the cornfield now. Good to cycle. Um, look, the James, first thing James L. Jones is here. <laughs> you wish. Um, Baseball. I'm yeah. going to speak of Santa Jaya who you may recall. Yes. As long as you he, have no follow-up questions, yes. He broke the uh, one-day international record hitting a century of 48 balls. Yes. Balls, yes. Um, But I only mentioned it when it popped up because I saw, I thought I saw his name recently when I got stuck watching Major League Cricket. <laughs> I've heard that of it. It's not a terrible film. That is cricket in America. It started in Texas, yeah? I I think so. That's where yeah, it's warm enough. But think... Seattle has a team. It's the Seattle Orcas, and they have a little cricket bat with, <gasps> on a, the a little whale. Oh. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Shahan Jayasuriya is playing for one of the teams, and I went, I know that name, but they're not related. Moving on. Uh, the Vancouver Grizzlies ended <laughs> a 23-game losing streak. Ooh. 23 games. And I know like they play their games all pretty close together. But that's still that's gonna be three or four weeks. Or- I'm sorry, I'm looking at the orcas. Isn't it cute? <laughs> it's so cute. It's got a crown. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, um, pull over to the side of the road if you're driving and, and check out the Seattle orcas um, emblem. It's quite cool. Uh, I watched some of uh, their game against the Texas Kings. How's that going? Uh, I didn't watch all of it, obviously, but Seattle, I know I'd won their first two. Okay. Yeah, go Orcas. Um, 
On to more interesting sports, but still in Seattle. The Sonics not finished the season. <laughs> you keep, hey, why would you do night riders and not do the car? Los Angeles night riders I, is like a night. Sorry, what what are we doing? Well, I think San Francisco unicorns. Them... That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been New Orleans. Washington surely. Freedom. Oh no, I guess Ooh, that doesn't sound good. That sounds like a January sixth. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay, I'm I'm closing the tab. Are you sure? In real major league sports, yeah. uh, the Sonics, who we know and love, finished the season with a record of sixty four and eighteen, which is oh, pretty okay. good. That's cool. Um, ahead of the Spurs, which are fifty nine and twenty three, the Magic was sixty and twenty two, but uh, Michael Jordan's finished the last season and coming back for a full season made everyone else look silly by breaking the record and going seventy two and ten. <laughs> but who won the finals? This is well. We'll find out when the finals come around, won't we? Fuck's sake! Was it Seattle? I bet it was. Um, it's very exciting <laughs> time for Seattle because they should have won when Jordan wasn't around. And we all know that they didn't. But that was their time. And they were the favourites. And they bombed out in the first round. But they're going pretty good. Okay. This could be their year. Could be. Won't be. Come back in June. We'll talk about it. Okay. Um, I don't often do birthdays, but Ashley Barty was born on the oh, 24th nice. of April. Who won the, the French Open, Wimbledon, and the Australian Open, and is a hardcore Richmond fan. And said, one day I'm going to retire in my early 30s. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Sticking in Australia and football. God, I'm good at this segue. <laughs> I hate to mention the Crows because they've now been sullied by that man that plays for them that everyone seems to love and forgot what he did. <laughs> but they pummeled Essendon 161 to 65. 161? Yep. The Jarman brothers combined for seven goals. But get this. That Darren Jarman, what an unfortunate phase. Two weeks before that, yeah, they who was it? Uh, Fitzroy, remember Fitzroy? Yes, one hundred thirty-three to one hundred one, a little bit closer. The Pacific Rim Championships, the big robots, not the film. Rihanna is not in Damn it. it. This is the women's Pacific Rim Championships, which is female robots, ice hockey. Ah, oh, nice. No, no robots. Uh, Canada know? surprisingly won the won the title. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Oh, it's like your robots. Yes, I can. I used to watch Robot Wars all the time. <laughs> Canada, Canada won, obviously. Nice. Although America was in it, so, you know, could have. Speaking of hockey, uh, Canadians still wanted to call it Midget. <laughs> so we had the 18th annual AAA Midget Hockey Championship. Well, how else are you supposed to say little, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could use the word little, but, you know. They don't get you. I'm not a, a hockey championship <laughs> organizer so uh i can't say who won because that is a quebec team name (laughs) i'm gonna say that the thunder bay kings came second (laughs) the thunder bay (laughs) um gouverneurs de sudfoy yep that's exactly how you say it yep remember when i used to talk about marathons Mm, you do only because it is the hundredth time for the Boston Marathon. <laughs> okay. Yep. Very exciting stuff. Uh, Kenya took out eight of the top ten places. Seems a bit unfair. Steve Monaghetti from Australia oh, came tenth. He's a weird looking dude. 
<laughs> oh, he's probably tired. <laughs> oh, he's, he's tired. Um, Look, he's tired and fit, so it's just me, like, you know, projecting. Was he, like, a spokesperson for... What's... Yeah. The spaghetti? He can't... <laughs> Steve, what can he spaghetti? <laughs> oh, my God. If you want to get him money, you got to get spaghetti. <laughs> oh, man. I just remember him being on ads. Um, I can't believe you know who he is. Oh, I've, I've never heard, heard of him. Yeah, he's, he's been on an ad that um, I think ran quite regularly. And I also think he reminded me of a customer at um, uh, Movie Land. <laughs> oh. Did he, did he go to the... I don't think he ever went to the Olympics. Weird. Um, I think he did. Uh, he did Commonwealth Games and World Championships. The Atlanta, oh, no, was the, Atlanta, Atlanta. Was the Sydney Olympics. The Atlanta 1996. Oh, I did. Oh, seven, sorry, like, he didn't And at 38 years old, I a was, veteran competed in his final Olympic Games in the home soil of Sydney 2000. Dude, I was looking at his medals. You're fucking. I was looking at his medals. He'd never won at any Olympics. Okay, so why bother going? That's that sports. Ben, research your seggy. I did. <laughs> I was just trying to work out a way to... <laughs> Mostly. Research you say is, is, is pretty much all I could come up with. Uh, pay me some more Mooney. <laughs> Let's go on to film. Alright, so we had Primal Fear, The Thin Line Between Love and Hate, Fear, James and the Giant Peach, Jane Eyre, Kids in the Hall Brain Candy, Celtic Pride, Mrs. Winterbourne, The Substitute, Mulholland Falls, The Quest, Sunset Park, Truth About Cats and Dogs, and The Last Supper. Now, Does Mrs. Winterbourne make you think of Dumb and Dumber? No, I always remember, like, because um, that was Ricky Lake's, like, one of her first big movies. And I always oh, remember the front yeah. cover of it, and I was like... Yeah, stupid little hat. Yeah, and it's like, but everyone was like, at the time, she was like, she was the talk show lady, so it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you, you ruined people's. No, I, don't, I don't know whether her, her show was as bad as like Springer and stuff like that, but like, yeah. Not as bad, no. Um, What did you watch? I'm interested to know. Did you watch Fear? I. <laughs> <sighs> Let's just say, like, I'm not going to watch Fear because I had to watch it again. I had to watch it like a few years ago for another podcast, and I fucking hated it. And it's gross. And um, it's, yeah. Just, <laughs> um, Mark Wahlberg can... It's good that he... They're like... They they really got his role down. <laughs> Someone at work said to me about uh, having a thing for Mark Wahlberg. And then they immediately said, but I don't like him as much anymore. And I went, yes, correct. Let's stick with that. <laughs> I'm not going to go into it. Let's move on. Yeah. I watched Primal Fear. Mm-hmm. James and the Giant Peach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Celtic Pride, obviously. Mm. The Quest, Truth About Cats and Dogs. Did you watch The Quest? I did. I had a spare couple hours this morning. <laughs> I managed to find it. Oh I my thought, god, did you watch it on not? YouTube? Oh, I didn't even think about YouTube. Yeah, it was on YouTube. Oh, can we talk about The Quest first? Man, I didn't think you were going to watch that. I didn't want to. After, I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, Van Damme, for sure I want to watch that. And then I read the synopsis and I went oh, I don't, I don't know. that I bit that. at the start where he's an old man <laughs> he's beating up those guys in the bar <sighs> it is this so the quest is like um, it was directed by and written by 
uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Well, he did the story. He didn't do the, the screenplay. Yeah. And like... He came um, up with the idea. He... um. But I think he like he really took it heat seriously, and like it, it got a bit mocked <laughs> as it should be because it's not great. But it's like you know what, I would still watch this above a lot of other '90s action heroes <laughs> at the time because you can see how sincere he wants to be. It's set back in the 1930s, I think. Um, there's a bit where he's a clown <laughs> and he's on stilts and he beats people up with them, and it's amazing. Um, there's also a bit where he lets a kid get shot. He does through his own yeah. negligence, <laughs> trying to save his own butt. So, um, the then story he just runs away. The story is it starts off with um him dressed as an old man. He kind of looks like Clint Eastwood a little bit, um, little bit. but as he does the old like all he said was like, um, it seemed like all he said was like, just put a white wig on me, but nothing else, and I'll I'll walk with a little limp. <laughs> And that's that's as about as old man as I'm gonna get. No no makeup or anything like that. Um so he he's telling his story. He's like this like street performer slash sort of uh all the twist types of yeah. group of kids. Yep. Um and he the kids get the the their their place gets raided by the cops. Um and he sort of because stows, they rob someone. Because they rob someone. And then um he stows away on a ship and gets <laughs> gets rescued by Roger Moore. <laughs> he gets was... discovered in a ship, and they're like, "Ah, you're a stowaway. You're working." He's like, "No, no, no, wait." It's like, "No, you just stowed away on a ship. That's what happens." I uh, did you're not you immune to pirates? Did you notice that um Moore did the Bond thing for his um when when he's it when he's when he says, says what his name is um he says Jean Claude Van Damme says like I'm Dubois and he says I'm Dobbs, Lord Edgar Dobbs and like. Roger, come on. <laughs> what else has he got? He's in a Van Damme film. Um, and he is looking every part his age at <laughs> that time, too. <laughs> James Remar's in it for some reason. Um, he's in every uh, bad action movie in the 90s. Um, I think he did. I think he wasn't the greatest person off, off screen, so he just paid his penance in bad action movies. Um, it's not Van very Damme's good. Van Damme's son is also in it. Yeah, it's not very good. But if you've got a spare hour 40 and it's on, it's on YouTube, it's not the worst thing you'll watch today if you put, that, if you put the quest on. <laughs> because I, um, I had a good time did you, with it. Did you not bit, get annoyed? A little bit Mortal Kombat this... towards the end there? Yeah, yeah, very Mortal Kombat. Like, I did kind of enjoy that the last half hour is basically just a fight <laughs> tournament. Yeah. And Roger Moore escaping through a terrible Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yes and he him and his uh his little uh compadre down below can just talk to each other at a normal level i would love, yell i would love to see a making of of that movie it's amazing. um there's this bit at the start that really annoyed me he's running away and he finds this giant bag of sand he's <laughs> like huh i'll wrap my jacket around that and throw it in the water and then they'll think that's me Oh yeah! He threw a sack of sand into the water, and it sunk to the bottom. <laughs> it didn't even show anyone to find his jacket and be like, "Ah, oh, he must be dead." Like they all continued to chase after him. You gave this one star. That's criminal. The film is criminal. They get they have a Scottish fighter at one point with yeah, red hair, yeah. kilt, suspenders. Groundskeeper Willie is there cheering him on, <laughs> and then he loses because the guy grabs him by the balls and makes yeah. him cry. <sighs> the big sumo dude too. Oh man, it's it's just great. It's so at one good. point, actually, in several points, the Van Dam is getting beaten, and apparently his thing is he has to come close to losing to get angry, and then he can win. Yeah, 
That's James Rima jumps up and screams at New York City. <laughs> and then he decides he has the strength to win. You gotta do it for New York. Uh, tell me about uh, Celtic Pride because I couldn't find it anywhere that I didn't have to buy it outright and I'm not buying it outright because I remember watching it back in the day and it being just okay. Uh, look, we're, we're now clearly at April. Yes. We've had no sporting films yet. Yes. I'm getting a little bit thirsty. <laughs> So you I take... maybe like this more than I should have. <laughs> you take look if you're if you're in a desert, you'll drink any water out of anything. Yeah. <laughs> it starts off with Damon Wayne's uh, Nike commercial, and at the end of it, he goes, "I don't even like kids." <laughs> so I'm in. I'm already keen. Kristen McDonald, um, Shooter McGavin is in it. Oh, nice! As a very intense, angry basketball coach, um, and he's just terrible, which makes him so wonderful. Is Dan Aykroyd truly just like losing it? Because like this, this will be probably one of his last starring role um, things for a while. And he, he then went into like, like I'm Dan Aykroyd, and I'll just I'll turn up in your movies for ten minutes and just sort of like legitimize sort of thing. Yeah, he he's gone a bit weird. Laura had him on something recently. He was on a podcast <clears> with <throat> someone or an interview with someone, and he just constantly kept trying to talk about his vodka. <laughs> just can't bring the conversation back to his vodka well you know it's in the skull it was it's very fun. sad whereas before he used to just want to talk about aliens yeah um I did like the fact that he is the septic tank king <laughs> and in Tommy Boy he was the auto parts king yeah I oh, see that's the thing like like, like to, now he just like rocks up in like the last the third act of a movie and it's like oh look like oh no he'll do um gross point blank after this I suppose that's like fairly major he's not in that um, he's he's a real wiener in it, which was a bit. I don't know if it suited him. I I think because Daniel Stern, who is obviously always amazing, was supposed to be like the stronger of the pair. Yeah, I did get annoyed at the end. So they kidnapped Damon Wayans because he plays for the Utah Jazz, um, and it's the Utah Jazz and Boston Celtics, the NBA Finals, Game Six and Seven were both played in Boston, which I don't think ever happens that's not how it works <laughs> you alternate cities but whatever um so they kidnap him accidentally because they get drunk with him after a while of him getting in their heads uh they can't stay in their house anymore because someone found out and they're scared the cops are gonna come they're just driving around and daniel stern who is a high not even high school like a elementary primary school basketball coach thinks that he could have been good thinks that he could have made it yeah. So he challenges Damon to one on one. Obviously, he gets smashed. They're both exhausted. Um, he beats them with the ball, and they're just left there, left for dead. While he steals their van and goes and plays. At no point does Dan Aykroyd get upset with Daniel Stern and his ego for the fact that they that he got away. <laughs> it is entirely Daniel Stern's fault that he got away. Yeah. And he doesn't care. He doesn't say anything about it. <laughs> Stupid. Um, Daniel Stern somehow has a wife that leaves him and then ends up staying with him. I don't know why she went back to him. He's a terrible partner. He's a terrible dad. All he cares about is basketball. When's um when's Bulletproof? Uh, that is coming up this year, which is funny because um, one of the players says to Dan Wayne's that they're going to Disneyland and it made me think of Bulletproof. <laughs> oh, God. 
It also has one of the guys from the air up there um, in it. You remember um, basketball? Those two guys that play at the start of that party and they're really good? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fair one enough. of those guys <laughs> no. is in this, who was in Air Up There. Um, like, it's still kind of fun. It's short. <sighs> Daniel Stern's in it. Damon Wayne's is good. It's basketball-related. Um, they have to wear Utah Jazz stuff, otherwise he's going to call the cops on them <laughs> if they don't cheer for him. Um, and then the Jazz end up winning, and they have to be happy about it, but then they are happy about it because they're not going to jail. It's very strange. Also, the Jazz aren't making the finals. Get out of here. Two and a half stars. Hmm. Yeah, it was like I like I said. Give me more sports films. We cannot be four months in and we've only had one sports film. Well, I was unless, unless I've missed one. But I, I was pleasantly surprised by The Last Supper because that was a movie where um, I again this because the, these movies the interesting thing about these ones is that um, I started working at the video store in 1997, so like a lot of these front covers of these movies like. Are really burned into my consciousness because, like, they're the ones yeah. I was like returning when I was like first started there, sort of thing. So they would have been released in '96 and then like put out on VHS in 1997. So Last Supper is a movie about like these, I uh, <laughs> just like, and probably <laughs> probably would have been like these people in, the, in my twenties too. But they're they're like kind of like the left lefty li- li- like wing, um, just have disdain for the right wing men, also unintelligent people. Like they make, they're the ones that make people who, uh, who are left wing, like <laughs> look cringy because they're, they're just so up themselves about it sort of thing. And as they are they're, they're a group of college um, students who are doing their, um, I think they're doing their masters and they have dinner every Saturday night. And to one of the dinners, like um, uh, this guy, one of their friends gets picked up by this trucker um, because his car broke down and uh, it's played play by Bill Paxton. And hey. he sits at the table, like they're at the table with him and um, he starts like basically going on like a bit of a rant about um, Jews and how Hitler was right and it's not, and it's, and it's not much shot. <laughs> um, yeah. and, uh, it's, and about um, African-Americans and about... Um, you know, uh, feminists and lots of stuff. And then what happens is he he starts to attack one of the people at the party, and then one of the one of the one of the friends uh, stabs him and kills him. And what they do is that instead of like reporting it, they bury him in the backyard. And then um, Courtney B. Vance, who people might know from Criminal uh, Law and Order, Criminal Intent, he was also uh, in the um, People versus O.J. Simpson. Um, if you saw him, you'd know him. Like he's 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 been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. He he basically says, "Look, why don't we start inviting right-wing pieces of shit to our party and kill them?" And they're like they're all like, "Oh, yeah, okay, cool." Um so one of the friends is uh Cameron Diaz. We also got um Ron uh, Annabelle Annabeth Gish who um she pops up in the uh, X-Files uh, in later seasons. Um you've got uh a bunch of guest stars. You got Ron Perlman is in there. Uh, Jason Alexander pops up. Um, yeah. It's it's just yeah. a, and it's like it's like one of these sort of like kooky sort of um, dark comedy sort of thing. And like you will see like way more of these because this this is like one of the big things that happened in the nineties is like dark comedy became like a thing. Like murder became like funny after Pulp Fiction and all that stuff. Like it sort of made 
you could you could do you could you could get away with like showing a grizzly murderer and then like if you had like a sort of snappy sort of um, line skill with it like it's that's it, it that was fine and this movie like it, it, it and then as it goes along like obviously they start to having a battle with consciousness and stuff like that um the the final scene is actually quite cool ron perlman um is their last dinner guest and you don't know whether like they're going to kill him or not um in the background too there's like another story about a missing girl um that you don't know whether one of the people's in, involved with as well it's actually a pretty decent movie I, i'm glad that I, I i went for it so hmm. It's hard to find. Um, I end up renting it from Amazon, um, but I'm sure you could find it elsewhere. But yeah, the last, the last supper. Here we go. It's probably like one of the better ones I've seen for a while. Did you watch the truth about cats and dogs? Unfortunately, I did. <laughs> I watched the movie I... where the premise of the movie is to make us think that uh, Janine Groffalo is not attractive. <laughs> and I didn't just... want to make my review about that, but. It really upset me because that's not going to happen because like she's not an unattractive person. I mean, not. I mean, that that as a premise for a movie as gross as it is, but when you say like, "Ugh, drink Rothlo," but mm, Uma Thurman, what the fuck? Yeah, um, I, I I don't. I really don't want to say it out loud, but I have to. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna okay. say. Okay, you should. I don't find Uma Thurman attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my so, personal preference, I'm not saying that she's not attractive. I'm not saying that she's ugly or that people shouldn't be attracted to her. But I'm saying Janine Garofalo, in my uh, shallow, you know, <laughs> observational opinion, is much more attractive. But again, it's not just her look, like her whole personality, everything about Janine Garofalo just well, seems... The premise of this movie better. is that Janine Garofalo is like a... Um, did you, I mean, I'm assuming you like all the dogs in the movie, because there's a lot of dogs in this movie. Um, there's not enough dogs but (laughs) she's a she's a she's a pet psychologist basically like she she she's a pet expert and she's on she's got this radio show where people ring up and ask questions about their pets and she gives them advice um this um charming british guy i don't know there seems to be when i saw it was ben chaplin i was like he can't be a leading man and And then he started talking (laughs) and i went oh i don't know um america had a very big love for um these British guys, like you, every every year, right from now on, you'll see a couple of movies where there's a there's a British guy as one of the major players, and and I'm he like, shows up to a woman's work, yeah. <laughs> and he sort of seems like a little bit befuddled, like a Hugh Grant. Um, I like the blame on him. She gets this guy that calls up, and then she doesn't think she's pretty enough to meet up with him, so she she tells her next door neighbor who is. Um, let's face it, the uh, victim of domestic abuse, um, to go in her place and pretend to be her because she doesn't think that she she could be um, good looking enough for uh, this charming British man. And it gets grosser. (laughs) Actually, when the guy asks her out, she doesn't even know what he looks like. That's the thing. That's the thing that really struggles me. It's like, well, you know, he could, it's it's a very, it's a bad movie. I gave it, uh, I think I gave it half a star or one star. You did. I was a little bit shocked by the lack of stars. I fucking hated it. And even, like, it didn't even have a jaunty Paul Rock soundtrack either. Like, I was waiting for some, like, cracker. <laughs> or some solo song. It had and it had Paul Weller, uh, which was quite nice. Nah. This is it a- also had line which I thought I'd only ever heard Mr. Burns say. What's that? So, Buttons. Oh, yeah, I heard that too. <laughs> I 
buttons. What so buttons? Um, Incredible. That Jamie Fox is in this. <laughs> also gross. Too <laughs> much of the film. What's I know. Did I miss something? Oh no! Just just in this. I mean, maybe, but in this film, every man they go into a bookstore. And people just leering at Uma Thurman. Yeah. Or at one point she's like, you know, oh, I'm just a body. And the guy goes, I want a body. Do you know who that is? Bob Odenkirk? It's the, the, the guy that works at the bookstore. That's Uma Thurman's brother in real life. Yeah. yeah. I, did, I didn't see him in there, but I did see Bob Odenkirk listed as bookstore man. He's in the background. Um, David Cross is also one of the he's in the callers on the radio show. <laughs> he's also in the background with Bob um, which is pretty funny. Um, yeah, I know, I know it's, I know it's kind of just playing up the fact of her being pretty and Janine. Like, I think it's somewhat sarcastic. They're leaning into it a bit, but it's not sarcastic enough. Janine Groffley hates too, this movie too. Um, looking back at it, she she, so. she disavows it. So as do I. I thought Apparently it was, like it was a... supposed to be um, a little indie film and they yeah. weren't going to end up together at the end. And then Uma Thurman came along and everyone's like, oh. <laughs> and much like in the film, <laughs> Uma Thurman rocks up and suddenly everyone's really interested and throws money at it and changes yeah. it. No, it's... um, I, th- I think my sister used to like it or something. I'm, I'm, I think I remember sort of hearing it in the background a bit, but yeah. Um, I gave it two stars because of Hank and Janine. Okay, well. But... The premise and how it's done is not very good, but there's a dog in it, and so is Gene Garofalo. So, um, the only one, other one I, the other ones I watched, I watched James and the Giant Peach, um, a while ago with the kids, and I've been reading the book again with them. Um, uh, love that movie. Uh, it's 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 also Sorry, at the same what? time James and the Giant Peach. Wait, what? What? Did, you love the movie? Yeah. You love the movie James and the Giant Peach? Yeah. The, the the Disney one that was out in April. No, the one yeah. What? <laughs> Do you not like it? No, it's one of the worst films I've ever seen. What? Yeah, it's terrible. I don't, I'm confused. I'm befuddled. What? I like this movie. What? Why? Because <laughs> I like the stop motion animation, and I like the songs, and I like I like the story. I like Roald Dahl. And I grew up on Roald Dahl. Ah, oh, I see. I hate Roald Dahl. I think he's the worst. Um, I mean, in real life, not I just think because he is. <laughs> well, aside <laughs> from that, he's he's a terrible writer. I don't know. Um, I don't agree with that. James's song is not a song. <laughs> <laughs> don't sing. Why is everyone singing? Um, I left the room at one point. I came back, and Laura said that he was gaslighting the worm, <laughs> which makes perfect sense. Because I, I was I was watching it and they were using him as bait for the and seagulls. We I have our episode title, folks. <laughs> and then while well, I was away, apparently the worm's like, no, you're just going to use me as bait. He goes, no, no, we never did that. We wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> they did. I saw it. Oh, my God. Um, um, his face is also the same face from Rick and Morty's Little Bits. I like the uh, spider. You, it's... <laughs> I like a French smoking spider. <laughs> That's because it's Susan Strand, though, isn't it? Of course, that bit was good. Um, I'd like this movie. I don't care who knows it. <laughs> it's just, I I never watched it as a kid. I did. Um, so that's obviously, I, I don't like, like Roald Dahl. I don't like that a random rhinoceros apparently life. ate his that's parents. That's the life. That's the life. <laughs> 
My name is James. My name is James. My name's <laughs> what? That's not a song. <laughs> well, to be fair, there's no songs in the. Oh, no, there was a couple of songs in the book. Anyway, um, well, fine. Let's just talk about primal fear then. I mean, if you you can you, if you have more to no, cover, no, on it, you know, no, go for I don't it. Want to... But it's just a terrible film. Is what did you give it? I gave it one because um, what's three. the what's the guy's name? Thelus, Thelus, Susan Sarandon. Yeah. Um, Mary Margulies, Joanne Lumley, Mike Starr. Had a nice little cast. Um, the animation was okay. Just everything that was said and done was awful. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've just absolutely shat on your parade and I don't care. Well, Primal Fear is a film. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, watched this last or oh, Friday night sorry um, with um, my wife and this is like this is primo I, I'm not saying this is a great movie like it's it's good but it's this primo uh, Friday night after school for a week and like you get to watch like the 8.30 movie on Channel 7 or something like that and like oh, yeah. you know, you're allowed to watch up for you're allowed to stay up for a little bit and it's like you know because dad kind of likes likes the movie too so he'll let you watch it with him um, it's a little yeah. bit, little bit worse than the fugitive, because um, of the the blood and the the sex stuff and all that stuff. But um, this I is I about that bit. I remember like watching this movie so many times on a Friday or Saturday night. Um, it's just I think maybe they didn't have to pay the rights for it as much. <laughs> it's like uh, let's put Primal Fear on again. It's been on three times this year. Uh, who gives a shit? Um, so I think I'd only ever seen this once as oh, so like maybe my times. early teens. I saw it. You don't remember and never the again. Being cut because... off. <laughs> no, because it's one of those films. Once you know the ending, like well, I'm not, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, and like spoils year, it. Spoils again yeah. if you've never seen Problem Fear. But like, come on, get on, get get off, get off the shitter. Um, so Richard Gere plays Richard Gere as a slimy person, as he always <laughs> does. Um, like I, every time I watch a Richard Gere movie, I'm like, maybe I'll like him after this. Um. I don't he, dislike him. Like he's good at he's good, he's at, good at what he does. Yeah. Um, so he he's a defense attorney. Um, used to work for the DA's office. Um, he's there's like a I don't dig the whole corruption city corruption thing going on in the background. I think that's like a little bit too much. I think they could have just focused on the trial. But like it's yeah. it's kind of cool. Um, I don't like him always leering over Laura Linney. Get away from her. Oh, she can man. do better. Yeah, that, that that sort of undercurrent, and like it never sort of results in anything either. So, for, I mean, a bit, apart from Lord of the Rings, just walking away from him and saying like, "I'm not interested. Can you please stop asking?" Um, so, how great is she? The Archbishop um, of uh, in Chicago is is murdered quite gruesomely. Um, he gets his fingers cut off and stabbed all over, and he gets his eyes stabbed. <laughs> um, uh, there's seven times, I think it was. Yeah. Um, Edward Norton is found um, hiding behind his house and then goes on the run and um, the police find him and he's quite uh, scared and like he's a very innocent looking kid. Richard Gere's like, oh, I want to I defend him because he's kind of like after the, the glory and the, the fame and the the news and all that stuff. And so he he goes and, um, play, and goes pro bono for him. And uh, if you've never seen it, Edward Norton, I, I, look, here's the thing. I don't like Edward Norton. I think he's a very slimy actor. I don't really like a lot of stuff he's in. I don't think he's that... A slimy person or a slimy actor? I've heard he's also not great. <laughs> like, he's, 
Like not in a bad like I've heard he's just very hard to work with, and I heard he's like, um, very combative on set and stuff like that. And he's not the not the easy not the not the nicest person in the world. But he this performance he gives is his first one. He beat out Leonardo. They wanted Leonardo DiCaprio for it, and um, this movie also inspired Matt Damon and Ben Affleck to write. Google hunting because they both went for it and both got knocked back and they were like, ah, oh, why? why? Why keep going for stuff when we can just like write it ourselves? Weird. So, um, okay. Leo so, could not have done this though. Just just saying. Leo? Yes, he could have. In his sleep, uh, man. In his nah, sleep. It and been... the reason he didn't do it was because he was like exhausted from Gilbert Grape. Look, I know he could have done it. I'm not, I'm not dumb. But... <laughs> I think it's a different movie with him. I think Edward was the perfect... Like, Edward. he's got that real Edward gooby... <laughs> Edward. He yes. said Edward. Um, <laughs> Johnny Depp playing the old director in this movie would be great. <laughs> Mr. Norton just... He's got the right kind of dweebiness and, like, the... Yeah. I don't know. So, what they get then... Um, I, I always forget Frances McDormand's in this, and she's amazing. Um, she plays a psychiatrist who comes in... And um, th- th- throughout the sessions, she finds out that he has a separate uh, personality of this guy called Roy. Um, and Roy is the one who killed the Archbishop. So he basically says, like, yeah, I definitely did it. And what they, But it's too late to go for an insanity defense. So um, Rich Gear has to sort of, like, uh, segue facts in and, 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 and sort of... What he wants to do is, like, basically prove that, like, you know... Uh, Edward Norton as um, what's his what's his other character? It's um, there's Roy and then there's the innocent looking character. He said like, well, he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't um, uh, responsible as this other personality. Uh, so what you could, they go through that like lock and blow back and forth, lots of courtroom sort of yelling. Uh, we got uh, Martin from Frasier in it, um, being <laughs> just he he's his performance in this is amazing. Um basically outlines all this corruption there's like a set scandal there as well and then at the end the very end you find out that Edward Norton was like playing everyone and he actually is Roy and he's just um and the the movie could have like apparently what they wanted to do was have them go back into court and have Richard Gere basically expose um uh Roy as 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 a killer and and get him um convicted but what they decided on doing is like basically he's beaten like he 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 walks out and then it just cuts to credits and he's like look the guy's gonna get off it's my fault he, he completely duped me and that's like it a lot of people didn't like the ending but i think it's actually like the perfect ending like because he's such a like richard gear's character is very unlikable in this movie and then you he, he sort of gets his own back on him yeah that's i don't think it would have worked any no. other way no like it's not the the perfect hollywood ending and like uh, you know, it's not morally. There's no justice, but it works so much better with with Richard Gere losing. <laughs> <laughs> and the little, the little step, the little shuffle thing he does when he finds out, like the camera's just on Richard Gere. Yeah. When like Ed Norton like tells him, and he, does, he like he does the clap shuffles like he, no like he fixes his his stance like he moves his feet and like yeah shuffles yeah and stand like what. Why did what, what did you do that for? No one, no one, um, I wanted him. I wanted Albert Shakir to turn around. And it's like, yeah, Kaiser Sozade me. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And he's um, still, he's still so, like, I know, I don't, I don't know for sure what the idea was like. Is there no Aaron? Is there no Roy? I would love to sort of see him go like, um, dig into like the the back life of him and like work out with like, because like we we find out like there's a girl that's involved in this thing and he you find out that he murdered her, and you just wonder whether he's like a like a full on serial killer. Um, yeah, does does he actually have the split personality? Yeah, and uh, but but Roy's in charge, or is he just a complete psycho and he just pretends that he's split personality so he can get away with it? Because he kind of says like, oh, like when, when he was when he was running away or when the police called him, like he basically from that point on was like, oh, I've got to like, he had all this sort of planned out, like this is his plan B. I was like, oh, I'll just pretend that I've got a split personality, which is like, you know, it's a, it's a hell of a long game. <laughs> um, the biggest fact that he did not mention at all is little baby Captain Holt in this film. There is, yeah. <laughs> Mal was like, "Is that is that Raymond?" I'm like, "Yeah, it is." <laughs> yeah, it is. Andre Brewer is a little baby. Yeah, and Maura Tony, everyone's uh, favorite news radio oh, cast member. Man, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, did oh, you watch? You didn't watch greatest. anything else? Um, no, huh? I, I watched more than enough for this month. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's get on to TV. All right, so we've got a few um, uh, TV um, entries this week. Like, there's been a bit. S- <laughs> there's been many over the last few weeks, and like, and coming up to, I think in May, there's, there's actually nothing that of, of note, sort of thing. Um, oh, and I also always forget to the US box office, box office, which was Primal Fear, The Bird Cage, The Thin Line Between Love and Hate, Sergeant Bilko, and James of the Giant Peach. So, someone like that Peach. Um, <laughs> well, no one knew what it was like. Forensic Files. We already talked about that, but let's talk about it some more. It's awesome. Uh, <laughs> can like, I give a rundown on on this on the first episode? Can you? Yeah. Yeah. Can yeah, I? Go. Good. Um, there is only one episode that aired in April. I guess they did like a pilot type thing with without the uh, famous intro music. Uh, a man called Richard Crafts, Richard Crafts, yeah, Dick Crafts, um, <laughs> he was having an affair with some other woman, his wife, Hella, Hella good, Hella Crafts, Hella Crafts, <laughs> I, I should, I should start this, um, Bailey Stearns style and say that I'm not laughing at all at, at the death <laughs> or what happened or the victim or how horrible this is all disgusting, but when you hear someone over and over say hella toenails or hella bones or hella evidence, <laughs> I can't help it. Um, so anyway, Dick bludgeoned, chainsawed, and wood chipped his wife. Oh, uh, because okay. she she got a private detective and found out that he was cheating. Right. And she wanted a divorce. Right. And there must be a stat somewhere. I'll find out when we get into deep forensic files. In America, if your partner wants a divorce, you just kill him. <laughs> <laughs> the vast majority of forensic file episodes is someone wanted a divorce and the other one went, nah, going to kill you instead. Um, the police went and got a pig and put it through a wood chipper. Oh, I have seen this. Harrison. <laughs> It's gross. Uh, um, they said the word forensic at least eight times, 
They also cut to a scene of Frank Grimes reporting from the scene. Nice. <laughs> Frank Grimes. Also, there was this little bit. This is the, the main reason I wanted to talk about it. Uh, one of the detectives here. This bit. He slipped and fell into the brook. <laughs> Didn't have to say that bit, did he? All he said... <laughs> He's talking about he found some nails, but but he had to start off with fell. how it really happened. <laughs> because it's not legit if, if people can't picture it. We've actually got footage of it here. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, look, Peter Thomas, who dubbed the, um, did the uh, the voiceover for him, is just, uh, could lull, him, lull me to sleep with um, uh, with stories of murder. Um, I, I, this also kicked off a bunch of other sort of... Um, like shows like you'd have uh, FBI files and um, cold case files was one, a big one for me because um, there's always a bit in that one where he's like, and the case goes cold. <laughs> 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 um, nice. But yeah, look, it, you can find them. I think they're on Binge, Amazon, and I think maybe Netflix still. Um, uh, yeah, that's a lot. It's, it's 406 episodes. And I believe that your partner's watched all of them. <laughs> if not all of them, very, very close. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a time. It was, uh, you know, it was actually originally, originally called Mystery Detectives. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with the yeah. other one. <laughs> um, you know what else we spent a lot of our night watching? What's that? Recovery clips. Oh. Let's talk about recovery. Recovery was, look, and I will, I will, anyone who, who disagrees with what I'm about to say, um, uh, I, I challenge you to find like a full episode of Recovery, which went for about three hours every Saturday morning, and say that like all of it was gold. Let's face it, we watched it for the bands playing. Um, looking back now, it's hilarious to see how many bands are obviously hungover because they're in a studio on Saturday morning. <laughs> Yeah. All these bands would have played elite. Like, there's no band that would be on there that wouldn't have played a show the night before, <laughs> or done something irresponsible. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember seeing like, um, especially when like with Warp Tours in town, and like you see like all the bands come in and like, they just look very. Uh, you know when <laughs> someone like someone's been drinking, and the next day they're just like they're real shiny. <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're just like sweating out like last night's like uh alcohol and it's just like they're every band all the bands are like little you're real greasy oh and having studio lights on you oh man Ooh. you can say like they're probably like hot. they're probably already like dehydrated <laughs> they're about to throw yeah. up um yeah i mean some of my like uh fondest memories growing up in the 90s is like sitting back on a saturday morning um because it, it hit right at the time where i stopped playing sport so nice. you'd watch like the end of rage and then it'd go into recovery. Um, and like, you know, if there's no bands I wanted to watch, I wouldn't watch anything else. Like they, they do a lot of stuff. In, <laughs> they do a lot of stuff with youth culture. Um, they went around to schools and high schools and all that stuff and, and, and did like these shots. And it's like, it was a very much like community TV show. Yeah. Like the, the bands is what I think everyone will remember from that. Um, Silver show always a good get. Um, I remember, Green Day on there and they got in trouble for swearing. We watched a Green Day clip. There's a lot of silver chair ones as well. Oh, they played the closing on there and um, I remember like going because like, that was a song that they didn't usually play. Um, 
live and they played that on recovery which was just amazing um what's what other clips did you watch um a lot of random ones living m ones friends of rom uh laura loves dylan lewis so just any of him being goofy there's one with chris isaac nice where he just sat next to him swooning because i i i never watched the show i didn't know anything about it Uh, it didn't exist in my world and i left the country while it was happening (laughs) Um, you hated it that much yeah (laughs) uh so my understanding from what i'd known is it's just all small shitty australian bands that were on it yeah so to me, it made perfect sense when Chris Isaac comes on that Dylan Lewis would be like, because ah, ah, ah. <laughs> he's used to hanging out with Friends of Rom and Living End. Yeah. And they've he hated Friends of Rom. Friends of Rom used to like touch him and like. I saw them, them bully him and try and shave his head. Yeah. Oh, that one, like, he's legit hated. Like, you can. He took it so well, though. He handles it all. He banned them, though. Very, very I well. believe. I think there was like an unofficial ban and then they got let back in because they just, yeah. They were so mean to him. <laughs> it's like the one Not point mention- they had this 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 they had this uh, uh this character called the Enforcer, which is this big huge dude like with a balaclava, and you know looked formidable and like lots of stuff. But like during that entire time, where Prince Ron's trying to shave the head, did nothing. <laughs> it's like that's wow, not his job. He's on a break. <laughs> yeah. Um, which uh, I should also not forget Lee One L. Oh yeah. The saw and other such horror yeah. creations, um, and that was his buddy in the mask, Angus. What else was there? There's a, a show called Sweat that came out, which is like sort of like a neighbors-ish types of show. I mentioned that because it uh, starred a baby Heath Ledger um, that you can see in the titles um, in the title sequences. There's not many um, episodes in line, but it's about sports people and that sweat. <laughs> um, we also had uh, Good News Week, uh, which I yeah. loved. Love, oh. love, 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 love. Um, Paul McDonough hosted it as a panel show. Um, started off very shaky, like there was, it was going to get axed, but like it got, it found its footing. My, uh, Mikey Robbins from Triple J was the team captain, and I think um, uh, they had like a sort of a they had a few um, different. Um, People, but Julian McCrossan did most of it, and then also um, Claire Hooper was was uh, in the in the later years. But it's um, it turned into like a, it did. They kind of got a big a bit too big for their britches. Like it turned into this whole big sort of variety show towards the end there. But I can tell you that a majority of my Saturday nights in ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine <laughs> would be me. Um, the only TV available would have been in my sister's room, so it was like. <laughs> And I wasn't allowed to sit in a bed, I don't think, so I just sit in a chair. She's like, because, you know. Yeah, chairs are all right. Um, and then, like, I think she had a black and white TV or maybe, like, a really shitty color one. I'd, oh, watch, I'd watch Good News Week and then I'd watch The Pretender and then watch Rage and that would be my Saturday nights. And, yeah, that's, good. that's the why I I mean, am. there probably that's, wasn't that's, a lot of other options, was it? That's why I am the person I am today. <laughs> I'm sure every kid your age was doing the exact same yeah. thing. Good, good news week though is like it was was really good. I really, I really liked it. So um, uh, I, I I checked out a couple of um, episodes and it still holds up. I cannot. I, I, I'm surprised. Like because Pumic Dermot came out with a show a couple of I think last year, and I'm like just put good news week back on the <laughs> just just rehash it. No, no one will care. Didn't it come back not long ago or did it run for a very uh, long 2012? Time? I believe was the last time. And then okay. and, they, and they might have done a couple of um like 
sort of reunion show sort of thing. So this brings us to the part of the show where uh, you go through every guest that was on Conan O'Brien, like not Conan O'Brien, because we're big Conan O'Brien fans here, and you do it to the tune of <laughs> uh, someone. Yeah, when you remember it, you do it to the tune of the melody of uh, "River of Dreams" by our Lord and Savior, Mr. William Joel. So uh, take I love it away. that some weeks it's our Lord and Savior, and some weeks it's just your Lord and Savior. This week is ours. <laughs> okay, we'll see. May the Lord be with me. <laughs> All right, three, two, one, go. William Shatner, Anna Paquin, Fleming and John Kim Coles, <laughs> Pat Cooper, Barrett and Clean, Mary Tyler Moore, Dweezil, Anna Matt Zabison, Volt, Nathan Lane, David Feldman, Man Amos, Leonard Nimoy, Nancy Travis, Lewis Beck. Scott Thompson, Lee, Roy, Parnell, Tony Danza, Flavor Forbes, Scott Street, Wines, Murray Lee, Hannah, David Foley, Adderall, James Carvel, Nev Campbell, Mike McDermott, Willie Nelson, <laughs> Wayne Jones, Amy Peets, The Naked Lady, Terry Hatcher, Isaac Hayes, Jeff King, Cannon, Matthew Broderick, Todd Barry, Mike McKinney, Robert Klein, Mills Lane, Amanda Plummer, Janine Groffalo, Vanessa Chapman, Elena Berman, Chance, Parent, Colin Quinn, Sonny Gibb, Chaz, Palamanini, Angie Everhart and Cracker. Joan Lind and H. Cole Mantle Glutes. Yeah, Cracker. And yes. Sonic Youth. And Ben, ben Anker uh, Ladies. 57. Yeah. 57, okay. Tony Danza. Uh, I feel like we should actually go through the guests sometimes rather than me just fumbling through. I got so many, <laughs> no, no, no. I've no, got no. just so many names there. Yeah. So Although I'm going to think I'm going to try. Um, I think I'm going to try uh, to get some of these uh, performances down there, especially the Cracker one. Yeah, yeah, well, I guess. I um, are you going to tell me about the Rage Against Machine SNL controversy? I am. Thank you. <laughs> the controversy is that they were put on with a um, guy called Steve Forbes, um, who wasn't a celebrity at all, really. He was like a business dude. Um, I don't know who thought to put them on. With like with someone else on, on with that like with um, Rage Against Machine of all of all bands, is ridiculous. So what they did was um, they put the American flag upside down on their amps and stuff like that, and uh, they were like really really disgusted with the fact that they had to like um, to to share the the, the show with him, and then they did one song, and then they wouldn't let them do a second one because. They were like, nah, it's it's it, like you're oh, you're gosh. um, uh, and then so I love how easily offended Americans are. You put the flag upside down. So they did. That's they offensive. They did uh, bulls on parade, but they were gonna do bullet in the head. Nice. <laughs> um, Gotta love it. Oh, do you? Oh, the other thing too that that, that I, um I found out was guess who put the American flags upside down on their amps? Janine Garofalo. Brendan O'Brien. Huh. Um, yes. producer of their albums and also producer of Pearl Jam albums and he was the one that like um, and he did it like seconds before basically when like he, they were being um, announced he, he crept on stage and did that and I assume that they were also in on the idea oh yeah 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 um, <laughs> he didn't just throw them <laughs> under the bus and like Tom was like hey we don't agree with that <laughs> <laughs> We also had uh, Terry Hatcher and Dave Matthews Band, who uh, <laughs> who were just nice fellows. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> they were just like, 
I mean, they weren't shitting off of um the bridges yet. They were still decent people. I'm pretty sure. But I've told you that story. Bridges. Yeah. There's a there's a bridge in I'm pretty sure I said on here a couple of times. There's a bridge in Chicago or St. Louis or something like that where there's a plaque that commemorated that the Dave Matthews touring bus emptied their shit from their tour bus over the edge of this bridge on this date uh. <laughs> in like 2000. It's like it was, it's pretty it's pretty recent. It's like back in the 2010s or something like that. But yeah, Good. that's. That will be his legacy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we go on to uh, music. So, um, like with the movies, like I was, uh, I sort of thought there wasn't much, unless you, when you start getting into it, like it was, it was like there were some decent movies there. Same on the music, like the music. First off, I was like, oh, a lot of this stuff isn't great, <laughs> but um, I really got into it into a couple of them. I'll, I'll get to them in a sec. But the um, I the, thought you would have been all over these. Some of them, but like some of them, I was like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Joan Osborne, one of us, was still in the Aria charts, and then we also had um, a <laughs> I don't know. Look, I I don't. Oh no, I don't oh, hate no. this song. I don't oh. love it. It's 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 annoying. Um, kind of sounds like that. Like um, I haven't actually heard it properly in how bizarre a long, long time. Um, the girl's like the rock. Um, yeah, a little bit. And uh, uh, the 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 guitar riff kind of sometimes reminds me of that um that Sugar Ray song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sugar Ray. This, I remember this song as a kid. I I asked my siblings once if he sang. How bizarre, or help us on, or there was another line I thought he was saying, and I remember them just going like, "Yeah, yeah, he does." And they're like, "No, but is it how bizarre or help us on?" I was like, "Yeah, it is." And they wouldn't tell me which line he was actually saying, and it drove me into an uh, insane asylum. Then you went to the um, like the skills disco the next night, and you're singing the wrong lyrics and get beaten. <laughs> it's how bizarre, fucking idiot. <laughs> Um, and then Billboard charts, we had a uh, Slee and Dion because you love me. Uh, in the releases, we had Shed Seven, Killing Joke, Cracker, Unwritten Law, Bikini Kill, Ocean Color Scene, Stereo Lab, Local H, Rage Against Machine, Fastball, Modest Mouse, The Jesus Lizard, Hootie and the Blowfish, Spoon, Propaganda. Did you forget who the Jesus Lizard were just then? I thought I'd, I thought I mentioned them twice. Um, oh. <laughs> Propaganda, Tricky, Dave Matthews Band, Texas is the Reason. Unwound, Gillian Welch, Bob Mould, Strung Out, and Semi-Sonic, but not the one I, that's I, got, um, I know this overall. isn't in the releases, and I don't want to hang around on it too much, but uh, when I just looked up the song How Bizarre, yeah. you know on Google on the side, like it tells you like where to get it, whatever? Yeah. The Artist, OMC, released 1996. You know what album it's on? What album? What album they have it listed as it as it being released from and where you can get it? Where? Now that's what I call music. Thirty four. 
He just he just rocked up on a, on a, on a, on a compilation <laughs> CD. <laughs> that's where you'll find it. Ah, oh, they said that now. That's what I call alternative as well. It's amazing. Oh, wow. That black hole sun on it every single time. Oh, no. Um, so going through these, yeah. I look. I really liked. Um, there's one obviously like I, I really liked, but yes, I didn't. I didn't like Shed Seven, and I really didn't like Killing Joke. <laughs> I always confuse Shed Seven with Zero Seven, and then I put a song on and go, "Oh, that's not Sia." Well, the thing is, like, I was like, I, I, the way I usually do it is I listen to, like, um, a bunch of the albums, like, the whole way through. And then, like, I'll just, like, but a couple of days before, I'll just chuck a shuffle on just to sort of, like, just listen to all of it. And Killing Joke kept coming up as, like, the the one that came up the most. I'm like, fucking shuffle, fucking Killing Joke, fucking skip it. <laughs> so, maybe not their fault, but they also didn't like their, um, their album. I'll, I'll be honest, I've never been a fan of Killing Joke, so I did not even right. go near it. Didn't, didn't bother. Didn't mind Unwritten Law, like oh yeah, that's uh, they're, they're, they're all right. Um, I used to hate them, um, not hate them, but like they were kind of like that sort of poppy sort of punk. So I never gave them the time of day. But like this is this is decent stuff. Um, Again, I did not listen to them. I hear that sort of stuff enough in my life. It's a Superman, which is like their um, it's too loud. <laughs> They're actually uh, playing in Adelaide on the 24th of August. Oh. I hope I'm not going to it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's good. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not uh, going to say it's bad, but... I'm. Laura, get your own podcast if you're going to talk about Unwritten Law. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Bikini Kill was great. I really liked um, Capri Pants. Um, a lot, uh, this was, yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. Is it weird that they're still going? Well, I had a very big like, break after In 1996, <laughs> I feel like it... I think after this one, they, they didn't do much until like the late 2000s. Yeah. But it just, I don't know, I don't picture 1996 and Bikini Kill being in the same sentence. Yeah. I find that odd. I feel like they I were thought they'd stop making. Place. I thought they'd stop making music by then, but yeah, like they, this, I think it was their last album. But the, yeah, this is good though. Yeah. I'm glad they did. Ocean Colour Scene I didn't really listen to. So was, oh, that was silly. Was it good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Tell me one song that you liked and why you liked it. <laughs> um, there, there's a bit of Beatlesy to it. Oh, you did actually listen to it. I just assumed you were being a jerk. Um, oh, no, I 100% this... Oh, you missed out. You missed out big time. Well, tell me which song I should put on. This little fella here is called The Day We Caught the Train. And it's quite nice. Yeah, this is you. This is your. This is Ben Rock. It's a bit too Beatlesy though, for me. That's... That um, is... You, you can put an effect on your voice and not be... No, the, the, the melody of that is... Um, not important. What is it? This... This is... I can't say this is England. This, this guitar is... Is the UK. This this is England. Yeah. Um, piss off Oasis, because... Ocean Colour Scene are here now. They're really, really good. Okay. And I'm sad you missed out. 
I actually think that they might have been here recently or are okay. coming soon. Um, just for a holiday or that? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure they're back. Okay, Stereo Um No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I, I didn't like them either. Like, <laughs> I just um. <laughs> Uh, I think they're, they're a band I think a lot of people say that you have to like and I'm like uh, why? Uh, I, I don't know Ooh. listen to this is this local H? yeah no you didn't of course I, of course I didn't do you know this song? This song was everywhere. That's Bound for the Floor by Local H. And that song is one of those ones where, like, they didn't really, no one else knew much about them except for that song. And, um, yeah, like, Local H was like this. And it was the first time I'd seen, uh, like, on the clip, even though it's clearly a bass playing, it's just guitar and drums. And I'm like, fuckers <laughs> um, <laughs> but my big thing is like, i was listening to that like so they've also got a song in there called eddie better did you, re- did you listen to that one Ah, uh, no i know yeah i know about this um which and it's not everyone thinks it's like a thing about eddie better like a bit of a knock piece but it's not it's like it's basically saying like we can't have a shot because everyone's just like obsessed with like eddie better he's like if you like if i was any better would 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 you like me more sort of thing yeah, um I remember this. Uh, but the um, my big thing is there's a bit in um, that Bound for the Floor song that and like the the chorus goes and you just don't get it you keep it copacetic and that sa- that that word copacetic was such a buzzword in the late nineties and two thousands yeah. and like it's such it, it to the point that it kind of annoys me I fucking hate it when yep. people say that word um, like when people say stuff that's uber good Ugh. Yep. um so yeah like but but, but take that take take that that song away from it. The actual rest of the album is really good, and it's got some. It's 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 one of those bands. I'm like, oh man, I should have been listening to this because this is actually pretty good. Um, they're like a sort of yeah, like rocky sort of. This is this is the universe song. <laughs> Poetry. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a rhyme. <laughs> um, what did what did you listen to? I, not that I needed to, but this is a long drive for someone with nothing to think about. Modest Mouse, yeah. Finally, ah, <laughs> you've been waiting in the Taking wings so for long. Modest Mouse. Yeah, I've it's been good. Like since uh, this, this pod began. <laughs> I'm like I wasn't the big. I know like there's there's better stuff coming. I wasn't a huge fan. Yeah, of this, this one. is this is far from their best. Um, um, it's also far from what but, they sound like. Usually, like it's it's very it's a little bit experimental sometimes. And yeah, yeah that it comes and goes. Like they'll have. I mean, I think they just got more and more polished and refined as the albums went on. Yeah, but they'll have these little moments back here and there where it's just like, just nasty. Did you even write this or you just make it up on the spot? Yeah, but um, it's good that it's here. I'm glad that it's begun. <laughs> um, Rage Against the Machine is one that I'm not glad that it's over but 
This is the beginning of the end, isn't it? Fucking amazing. It's just so good. That and Down Rodeo. Down Rodeo is really good. Like that's actually probably my um the for this album is uh, like I, I didn't look I, look I'm pretty guilty of like a lot of other people were um of not giving this album the the chance that I gave the first album um because it's not it don't like the first album like has got so many good songs on it um this one and it's not the same they're bad songs it's just that they they didn't really they're not they're not a band that's gonna make things more palatable for people just for the fuck of it like they're gonna play what they want to play. Um, yeah. and these these songs are harder sort of to get your head around, but like, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's it's still good, but you, they're never gonna get back to um that that first album. I don't know, man. I, I like Battle of Los no. Angeles a lot. Nah. <laughs> it it's it's the same. Those two, Evil Empire and Battle, are in the same bars for me. There's moments, but start to finish. Oh, no, Sleep Down the Bars is so gaps. fucking good. I know we've still got a few albums, but uh. We're, we're very much in Australian town with a lot of these. Yeah. Uh, I just quickly want to mention this. Leave Me Out, Slave, Find A Way, Freak, Suicidal Dream, Pop Song for Us Rejects, Tomorrow, Madman, Learn to Hate, Pure Massacre, and Israel's Son. Was Silverchair's last show at the uh, the Royal Easter Show in Sydney. Oh, right. Oh, oh I've heard... Isn't... This was Before like the, famous... the Freak Show era began. Yeah, this one's like a pretty famous show. Yeah. Um, apparently, like people got trampled and like severely injured trying to get in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just a huge deal. There was a lot of hype around it. What if you got recorded? Um, Triple J say that they did not record it. Right. One of the DJs um had their mobile phone, <laughs> and like had the first song, like through their phone, so people could hear it. <laughs> yeah, Can you imagine that. Um, that's that. That's an awesome uh, set list, yeah. But yeah, it was apparently it was it was a big moment. Um, and like a little bit of a sample of the silver chair that was to come, like them kind of growing up. Yeah, well, I can't wait for Freak Show because that's yeah, some good good stuff. So, um, is it this song? What other rubbish did we have? This is Bob Mould. And I sent you a message saying that uh, Dave Grohl should thank Bob Mould on every song because I feel like in a lot of his songs, there's like a Foo Fighters version of it somewhere. Yeah. I think, Dave, I think Dave has thanked him by having him on an album so he can get some uh, residuals. But this one, Bob Mould, um, and I was, I was doing a bit of a color of my cds i realized that i actually own this album um i <laughs> did not know that but yeah um it, it's really the good. whole thing just feels and sounds like a soundtrack to me okay like there was no real standout songs like it was it was okay but yeah. it just i don't know it felt some of the songs just felt kind of empty and nothing not in a not in a mean way yeah yeah just like yeah, you just recorded thing. this to go with something i'll just go through like we got we got gonna gonna Got to wrap it up, but um, Gillian Welch was really, really good. Um, oh man, I've listened to her. She was my my breakfast uh, <laughs> um, soundtrack for most of this week. Texas is the reason's really good. I believe it's got um a, a member or two from um Jawbreaker Texas? in it. 
Texas oh. is the reason. Um, so you give the that's really and it's, it used to be really hard to find, but now it's it's everywhere. But yeah, that Texas really is the reason. Have, have you got a stopwatch on? You suddenly. <laughs> No, no, I just realized that like um, my kids are starting to make way, way more noise and I think they're hungry, so I'm going to start making them dinner. Um, Let me drown them out with this while you, while you go through the rest. Uh, Dave Matthews Band, no thank you. I thought that maybe I'd become one of the a Dave Matthews followers. Yeah, me too. No. I really tried. Even the, the title, the, the crash into me. me that everyone goes on about. <sighs> and they've also got a bit of a... was right. they also got a bit of a jam band... Um, notoriety for their live shows and i'm like oh i got too much i don't know i don't remember what movie it is but jonah hill has like a little spiel about like giving them shit and what they're like and like he's i think he's right well that's not Not about a lot else (laughs) (laughs) um okay we've got uh i'll cover the punk section um propaganda uh really good album this one let's talk more rock it's probably what i think most people's favorite one um it's got a like this one's way more sort of polished than the last one, and uh, yeah, like if you want to, ah, they're so good. <laughs> Propaganda is a band that I never really got into, but like if you could throw the name around, you'd probably get like a little bit of respect in a punk conversation. <laughs> So it's like, if I knew enough to bluff my way through, because <laughs> I'm such a tryhard. Um, <laughs> and I'll be remiss, um, before I get to the, uh, my favorite one, um, I'll be remiss not to talk about this because we have a listener, uh, a friend of mine called Graham, who loves this band Strong Out. And I hate them. And I've got listeners that love them, don't worry. Um, and, I, <laughs> and I told him that I'd give it a fair shake. And here's, here's, my, here's my review. I still don't like them. <laughs> Um, because they have, I'll, I'll play a song. Um, it's a firecracker. It's just. It's so funny as a non-punk fan to listen to you put like punk bands back to back and say which ones you don't like, and I'm like, yeah. I think, and I think that this one here. How can you not like one? Unlike the other. Yeah, no, nah, people, people have asked me that recently. Um, so, uh, <laughs> the reason I like throwing out is because, like, the fat record sound was that, that sort of really fast drumming and the, the really tinny bass and um, those, just like that, that. There's a lot of bands that sounded like that, in my opinion. There's a lot of bands that sounded like that. And um, then it sort of started to, like, everyone else wanted to be like those bands because those bands got, like, a lot of, like, radio play and stuff like that. And so I suppose, like, it's not throwing out's fault. Like, they're good at what they mm. do. Um, it's just that they, to me, to me, they sort of really remind me of like that sort of whole pop punky, fast punky sound. And it's just like, uh, it's got really irritating after a while. So like this one's not, not, not bad. Like I, I, I love, um, there's a, there's a song here called Bring Out Your Dead, which is really good. Um, there's also that firecracker song is not bad. Um, look, it hasn't swayed me to the fact that like, you know, I love them, but I'm close. I'm closer than I was oh. before. To to oh, like and not, to not not to liking him, but to like giving him a pass, because <laughs> um, like let's not let's not go insane, um, you know. Um, and there's still signs where like if you you could chuck on strong out lagwagon or uh, good riddance, and I would not be able to tell <laughs> the difference between the two, the three of them. But yeah. you know, and that's probably what most other people think of like punk rock in general. So you know, my favorite album. I'm gonna have a 
quick word about it, then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up. Um, this is my favorite album of this band, uh, Cracker. Um, it's uh, The Golden Age. I This is the one that I sort of first heard through my brother's wall. Um, I remember he got it for his birthday from someone. It has my favorite song, um, not only of Cracker, but of, also maybe of all time. Um, Big Dipper on this um, <laughs> I love it. It's just a, such a good song. Um, the it's a slow one. I've tried many times to be able to play this little riff here, and it's really hard. <laughs> um, this one's like a bit of a weird one. Like it's, it's got a couple of like um, singles on it. Uh, the um, did you listen to it at all? No. No, okay. so I did not. I, I know know that I should have because I know what cracker means to you. Mm. Um, I just had other things to do. Yeah, that's cool. That's fine. Um, there was a lot here. There was, was a lot, lot here, yeah. So this one... You didn't um, even listen to Ocean Colour Scene, so... Yeah, well. Um, so this one, yeah, it's, it's got... Um, it's This one's got like a nice mix of like their... Like they do a lot of like a few fast ones in here. Um, and then like some really nice uh, acoustic sort of ballady type stuff as well. But... Um, I remember like last time when the last CD that came out, uh, Kerosene Hat, a couple of years ago, I was like, I was going to make it my, my album for the month. And I was like, but no, it's not my favorite. And this one is my favorite. So this one is my, my album of the month for April 96 is The Golden Age by Cracker. And my song, yeah. my song is Bulls on Parade. Uh, fair. Yeah. I was, I was very tempted by a rage song. Um, but I have to go with Drama Mean by Modest Mouse because it's the greatest song on the album that is not great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just, it's, it's a very good song. You should give it a chance. Okay. And your, uh, your... my album is obviously Ocean Color Sheen. Sheen? <laughs> yes. Ocean Color Sheen. The shiny boys from Mosley Shoals. Okay. I'm you, glad you that you... listen to that. I will. At some point, and and you will go. Oh, this is like a good oasis. Oh, I'll listen to the Beatles and be have done with it. Um. <laughs> mm. Mm. Um. What about your movie, James and the Giant Peach? <laughs> of course. <laughs> What's not to love about that horrible child? <laughs> uh, Primal Fear. Um. <sighs> yeah. Laura Linney is the greatest. So is Maura Tierney. Uh, Andre Brewer. Um. I think the Andre Brow of the Arrow is gonna is between this and the Last Supper. <gasps> um, so, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Primal Fear because that was just like it had been a really rough week for me and my wife, and we watched it on a Friday night after having a bit of dinner and stuff like that, and just um, sitting back and it was a uh, we were both into it. It was like a it was a good time. So yeah, that I is thought my for sure point. it was gonna be uh, James. No. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, so that is the show for April 1996. Uh, thank you very much for listening and giving us your time. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, it's livinginthepastpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can also check us out on Instagram. I'm doing that fairly regularly. <laughs> I'm doing, doing all right this time. Um, doing very, very well. We'll also and, be giving um, out prizes if you can guess how many times I blew my nose during this episode. Oh yeah, I was like, <laughs> the thing is, it comes up with a little thing that says, um, "Ask to unmute." <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not gonna ask him to unmute because I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, so, um, 
yeah and look we got some good stuff coming up in uh the next few months trust me so please stick with us um this has been living in the past and i am paul i'm still ben cool i'll see you guys later bye thanks for listening to living in the past music by anti-gold check out his stuff at antigold.bandcamp.com artwork by carly kagenvin Check out her stuff at carlykagenvin.design on Instagram or email her carlykagenvin at hotmail.com. Do you like the X-Files? Check out our other podcast, Do You Think I'm Spooky? Available on all podcast platforms. Like what you're hearing? Give us a five-star review and a comment on Apple, Spotify, or Chartable. Stay cozy, look back, and relax. We'll see you later.